start this thing up here. Um, so uh, just want to welcome anybody that's on the web listening to our study in First Peter. Um, we have been uh, looking at uh, First Peter for a number of months, since the beginning of the year, and have uh, migrated ourselves all the way to chapter 2, verses 18 through 21. So uh, that's, our, that's our passage for um, today. And uh, in order to get started, I'd like to just open our time in prayer. Father, we thank you that you have uh, showed us in, our, uh, in your scriptures, your love letter to us, just how we can be so um, utterly distinct, separate um, from the world, not so much in what we go through, but how we go through it. Father, as we um, come on the backdrop of understanding this, um, this word called submission, Father, you're going to... Um, penetrate each of our hearts in our own our own thinking, our own responses, our own experiences, Father, to help us understand not just as we've talked in the last couple of weeks about how do we interact with civil authorities, the president, uh, the, 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 the magistrates, the um, construct that you've put in place because you are God and you are the one who has sovereignly ordained um, these things to be in this place at this time. Um, and Father, as we think about like how we personally um, respond to that and then transition from that to understanding how um, we uh, navigate um, our lives um, in the workplace, Father, I pray that you give us wisdom, give us, give us guidance and clarity that comes only from your word, for without it we would be lost. And Father, we thank you that you have promised that you would... Um, when we live for you to please you, that you would um, that you would be lifted up, and that um, our lives would be testimonies of your immeasurable, unfathomable um, grace. And uh, Father, I pray that uh, we would be those kind of people um, as we seek to please you in this place at this time. Father, we thank you that you have promised us that as we abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against our souls that you will ca- cause um, our testimony um, in, the, in, in, in the workplace, at home, in the church, and in um, the community, Father, to um, cause people when they come to you in the day of visitation to um, glorify God. And Father, we pray that that would be true of our lives. And we ask these things this day in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, listen, uh, we started off with these questions on the front end here. Um, I'd like to just read, if I could, verse 18. Um, This is a a passage that we're going to be looking at. Um, We have been in a study, like I said, of of 1 Peter. We're in the present, not yet in the future. Have covered the past. uh, But the present really is that um, how we navigate our life in this world at this time really matters. And it really, really has a profound impact on those around us. Whether we know that or not, um, it is the case. And uh, our learning objective for today, um, if you'll turn to that on page 2, um, let's, let's take a look at that. Because um, when we get done with today, that today is a part 1 in a two-part study Next week, we will be not here. We will be having a congregational meeting um, 
during this hour, and then we will be coming back on the 18th in order to um, finish up our second uh, deposit on uh, on uh, applying submission in our workplaces. So today is about trying to cue up, if you would, what does the scripture say about submission in the workplace, and next time we get together on the 18th will be all about um, wh- why do we do what we do. So today is about what, that will be about why, okay? So our, our um, learning objective for today and for the 18th is this, it is that we would learn what biblical submission looks like in our workplaces when we encounter um, and I use these words specifically because you're going to see as we go through our time together, they are literally the outcomes of some of the words that are in this in this passage. Um, that we would learn that we, when we encounter perverse, unreasonable, we're going to talk about each one of these later. Harsh, cruel, overbearing, testy, I'll add, <laughs> um, managers or supervisors or superiors, so that we. That, so that as we navigate these, I'll call them very daunting situations, and we're going to talk about some of yours now, um, that we submit in such a way that God is pleased and God gets the glory. Okay, one more time. That we learn what biblical submission looks like in our workplaces when we encounter perverse, unreasonable, harsh, cruel, overbearing managers, so that as we navigate these daunting situations, we submit in a way that God is pleased and God gets the glory. I'll suggest these same character attributes that you see here are very similar to the same things that we just finished they've just finished talking about in the civil authorities remember who was on the on the throne at, uh, at that time that 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 Peter said honor the king nero. nero do you think that maybe these might have th- this would be a, a nice description of nero okay um, not a heavy description on a good day yes and so there is no difference there is no difference in this from the civil authorities to the workplace. And I'll suggest, and, and this is going to be hard to walk through in the home also. Okay, And so Peter does not leave us without answers. He gives us absolute clarity to how we navigate these situations when authority, authority has been put in place, as we saw, as Dave clearly spelled out, that there are there are um, um, uh, jurisdictional authorities that the scriptures bring to bear in our lives. Um, what are some of them, real quick? We already talked about government. What else? Family. Family. Obviously, uh, workplace. Any others you can think of? Okay. So very, very much so. A, a teacher. Uh, you know that kind of a situation. Um, you know, certainly in the scriptures, the uh, teachers are are well. Um, Thought of, you know, Hebrews says, you know, um, your uh, the whole realm of the church, right, has um, oversight and um, uh, authority in our lives. uh, uh, Also, yeah. So, so key areas, yeah. So, um, as we read this here, um, he says, servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. Just for context, though we're not going to cover it today, let me give you the rest of it also. For this finds favor if for the sake of conscience towards God a man bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if, when you sin and you are harshly treated, you you endure it with patience. For if when you do what is right and suffer... 
for it, you patiently endure it. This finds favor with God, for you have been called for this purpose. Okay, so if you've been here during the last few weeks, share a few insights that you learned about submission and its application with the civil authorities. Thoughts? Input? What did you learn? Big, big picture things. Well, it, uh, I found that uh, it teaches I don't want to subscribe to. Okay. Um, it teaches some things that I don't always want to subscribe to. Um, may I add the word always there, George, because <laughs> sometimes you do, right? But sometimes they, it's, it's heavy, it's heavy, um, it's heaviness, it's heavy things, right? Because we don't always feel that way, right? Yeah? Right. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, when it comes okay. to issues and so on, in light of the, the current situation. Uh, yeah, the election on Tuesday. Yeah. To. Yeah, so my, my, my request to you in light of that as it pertains to this being Sunday and the elections on Tuesday, have you personally, okay, first of all, voted, <laughs> but have you personally, um, or will you vote, make sure you do vote, okay, but have you personally come to grips with the possible outcome that God has a different plan for, for this world, for this planet, for this country at this time? I suggest you got to do some prayer before Tuesday. Okay? Are you ready for that decision? Will you embrace it as God's will? Because let me tell you, there have been lots of prayers gone up in this world for this for, for such a time as right now on Tuesday. Because when that outcome exists, whichever way it goes, okay, um, is God glorified? I didn't hear you. <laughs> okay, he's always glorified. Um, am I personally ready to, um, quote, submit and honor the king in that situation or the president? I'm asking you to pray deeply about that before Tuesday. Because let me tell you, if you're not ready, then it's going to catch you by surprise, just like James chapter 1, verse 2 says, when you encounter various trials. Okay? You are... if you. If you're not prepared ahead of time, you will be caught in the middle of. And you will not respond correctly, personally. As a child of God um, who, who loves Christ and wants to be um, doing the right things in our lives. Okay? Fair I, enough? Yeah, I think, you know, from, from my perspective, is if it doesn't come out the way I'd like to see it, obviously. Uh, I, I don't want to continue to participate, and I don't do that now. With all of the things that will go on on the internet condemning sure. the winner exactly. and seeing how much of a, you know an awful awful yeah. person he is, and that's what you know that's what so many people yeah. will get revved know, up about. Right. Exactly. Well, that 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 just really um, comes to grips with like let's transition that for a second into the workplace now. Okay. Now let's make that transition in our minds real quick and say to ourselves, okay, you know, well, how do we navigate? Um, uh, the president, the president's situation, okay, is is a little more generic, and, and but it's got widespread, wide um, implications in our lives, right? I would suggest my immediate manager at work is really personal. <laughs> it's really personal, okay. It's like what I wake up and have to navigate every single day, okay. It's not necessarily that sometime, somewhere, some decision that that president makes has has implications personally in my life. Um, it's a little more personal. It's a little more uh, strong implications personally. And I'm not saying the other doesn't. Don't get me wrong. 
So read First Peter 2.18. We just did that. Have you ever worked for a manager or supervisor who had it out for you or really disrespected it? You really disrespected it because you were, they were dishonest, crooked, perverse, unreasonable, harsh, cruel, or overbearing. How many in this room have had that? Raise your hand. Okay. All right. So um, a couple, I mean, without saying their name out loud, right? Um, can you just uh, describe some of the things you had to navigate that, that, that landed in this kind of description, let's say? Uh, people, come on. Thoughts? I shared something from my husband okay. who wasn't here of how they were, they were crooked, they lied to him out of situation, hmm. and they had sort of accidentally hired another Christian, their husband, and he wasn't sure when he went to unemployment if he'd tell them he was fired or let go. He was able to go back and get some clarification and realizes that one person in particular who told lies about him and kind of precipitated being let go. When they realized that, they gave him a little bit of money compensation and told him to tell them that he was laid off because they'd sent the work, which was kind of partial. You know, yeah. it, was, it was a bad hard situation. To, hard to navigate. It took, a, it took a real toll on him because yeah. he had to every day make decisions and without disrespecting the leadership, but with also without him. i got to imagine it's really hard. And I, 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 I also have to believe that, you know, um, John is a... Uh, is, uh, is is uh, you know is closer to the Lord on the outcome of that situation than he was at the beginning. I'm sure because I I saw it, him. But it did shake him for oh a while. my goodness! That was the job I, that affected him the most afterwards because he kind of number one it was the third time he'd been let go and and it was because third times it was because they were bought out and different things yep. like that. But then it was it was it was it was very it was it took a while, but yes, I do believe. Well, I remember going through it. I had lots of counsel and discussions and everything else. And I tell you, it was like a hard thing for him to navigate. But yet he would come back time and time again, talk through the situations, and he was he was his desire was honor God through it, and it was, and I, it was clear, and he he did. It was hard, but it, he did. Um, others. Building Schumann and Hauer, but I've run into it and, yeah. and yeah. you have to put up with it. Mm-hmm. How, how did you put up with it? I'll learn how I believe. And accepted the possible implications as a result, right? Yeah, I accepted right? the implication. Hire me because mm-hmm. of my belief. Yeah, in the, in the midst of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It helps you quit or something. It happens sometimes. I know things were being done to the job that was just making it difficult, yeah. like they wanted mm-hmm. They don't really yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Or in some cases, they view you as a challenge somehow to them, and yeah. especially if they think yeah. you know you you might outlast them and they might be gone, and then they're even more against you. Or just honestly on this moral issue, I mean, um, you know, the vast a good chunk of the workforce will just accept it, you know, and won't do much about it, even though you know it's HR issues and everything else. But but on the top of that, what will happen is is that that if they know that you're a believer, then then they're going to go at you because they know that there's a possible, much bigger possibility that that's going to become an issue publicly. Well, um, nowadays, too, sure. we're being yeah. and yeah. that they want yep. to go along yep. and acknowledge it. Yep. Yep. Put our stamp of yep. Those are the hard ones. Yep. Any other big ones that you want to mention? Well, you know, I, as you know, I worked for a medical company before I went to Woody. And my boss wasn't really a very difficult person, but he did, uh, he did order me to circumvent the FDA uh, to... Not a small uh, issue. No, not a small <laughs> issue. They found a minor design flaw in a piece of equipment that could conceivably fail on a patient and a patient would die. Oh, no. And, um, and usually, usually in the operating room, right? Or, or no? Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, in the cardiac right. uh, uh, 
Ward. Ward, yeah. Um, and it's a complicated issue, but the problem was that if you notify the FDA, the FDA requires six months of testing of the fix before you can implement it. By that time, we, we would have had probably 30 patients die. So, so he ordered me to go ahead and not notify the FDA. Very tough uh, dilemma because I was being ordered by my boss to do something that was illegal. And at that time, the FDA was prosecuting individuals as well as the company. And um, yet at the other side of it, I was weighing the fact that if we don't do this, how many innocent people, you know, you wouldn't want your aunt or your uncle or your wife on a, a equipment that you knew was going to. So, so I really question him about whether or not we should really bring it this way, knowing that there was, um, but he ordered me to do it. How'd you handle it? Did you go ahead or? We went, yeah. I went ahead and yeah. did it, yeah. So hard decisions, hard, hard, hard decisions. I'm sure that's just the tip of the iceberg if we had more time to continue going around the, ta around, around the room. Um, so uh, I just wanted to set the table because, I mean, what we're talking about is like real. I mean, it's like real. And it's like uh, it's in some settings daily and uh, some situations um, has, uh, you know, complicated um, and... Uh, really challenging outcomes, possible outcomes, of which when you go to somehow ask God for wisdom and, and, and trust Him in, in a decision or, or, or go along with or whatever the case may be, it's just there's, there's massive implications that are there and, and, and challenging decisions to make, sometimes on the spot, sometimes to buy time, sometimes to come back, but they are, they are hard to work through. Hard to work through. So I, the great news is the scriptures give us some absolute clarity to these things. And that's why we want, that's what we want to cover today. So I'm going to come back to uh, questions three through six at the end and uh, tie off on what we want to cover and then go to that. So um, um, I'm breaking this up into verse 18, which I'm calling our mandate or our, our uh, command um, to submit in the workplace. And then 19 through 21, really our motive. And the, our motive or the why behind it. So um, I, what I've said is let my life be a testimony. You know, this, this picture I thought was powerful for me personally just because th that forms a heart. And on the end of the, at the end of the day, that water could just be let go. And it could be, da you know, dash on the floor. But, but my goal is to, is to please God no matter what. And so... I have to conclude at the end of the day that some, some big things about my, my work situation. And, I, and I'm here this week in the 18th to give you some insight just personally into my own life also as we go through this. So an introduction, I want you at your tables to uh, do some work here. Um, another 10-15 minutes here. So um, let me read it real quick. Um, Read 1 Samuel 18, 6-11, 24, 2-12, 26, 6-12. Identify as many challenges. So you've got challenges here up, up here, okay, uh, that King Saul put in the way of David, which could have kept him from submitting to the king with, quote, all respect, which is the language of Peter, okay? Uh, identify as many characteristics. Here's the characteristics section, okay, of biblical submission that David actually demonstrated as he served Saul. And then the last column here is principles, uh, guiding principles. Read 
uh, Romans 12, uh, 1 Timothy 6, and Titus 2. And write down the guiding principles Paul gives us for navigating these situations. Be prepared to share your answers with the group. Ready? Break. <laughs> move, move right along with this, too. I would suggest read a passage and then do... Uh, do the, the, the challenge and the characteristic. That's probably the quicker way to do it versus going through it twice, okay? Take a look at the next section here. So I just want to let you know that um, due to time, um, you had a great conversations at your tables. I'm going to circle the wagons at the end if we have enough time, but I think the conversations at the tables were valuable from the standpoint of what you learned, what you saw. It was cross-functional. It gave some good input and feedback. And to the extent that we have time at the end, I'm going to come back to it, okay? But I do want to cover off and tie off on what we wanted to cover for today also. I will, in the notes, actually go through. I, I heard a lot of the conversations here. I've done my own homework. I'm going to put them into this kind of a framework here and put it on the on the, on the um, on the slides that are going to be up on the web also, okay, so that you can, we can kind of go, uh, cover it, tie it off next week also. Is that fair for everybody? Okay, so let's jump into our time together. Um, I will go quite quickly because I do want to make sure that um, you, get the, um, you, know, you get the mandate or the command down very clearly before we move into the motivation on the 18th. So um, Roman slaves, slaves made up a vast majority of the workplace, vast majority of the workplace in, Rome, in, in, in the Roman Empire were made up by the slaves. Um, the treatment of slaves were that some masters loved and trusted them and treated them like family. Um, there was, um, and some uh, did not at all, uh, did not treat them like family. I mean, actually persecuted them and, and, and everything. And there was no, almost no protection for a slave. Um, uh, they were considered to be property. Um, some of the language that was used, you know, by the uh, uh, magistrates and the officials, and um, you know, uh, Caesar's household, etc., were, um, you know, that they were, you know, to be, you know, um, uh, treated as like property and just, you know, not not appreciated whatsoever. And the reason for that is, first of all, they owned little or nothing, and second, they had no legal recourse to appeal. To, when they were mistreated. There was no place for them to go to have a recourse uh, in that. And when we think about like this connection between like the slaves of that day and employer-employees employer of today, um, I, I would just like to suggest that um, they had a lot worse. <laughs> you know, and if, if you think that, and it's just like near on the throne, right, versus our political situation, right? I mean, so many times we read these things and, we, and, we're, and we're mandated or commanded or, or whatever to, to honor and do these things in this way. And yet we somehow think that, that what they were going through was something not as hard or as difficult as what we're asked to do. Or, um, yeah. And, and, uh, and yet when you really understand context, you, you get a bigger picture of how uh, the vast majority of 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 the of the you know people that time um, had to make some really big tough decisions in, in their lives and so I don't want us to lose sight of that um, slaves slave challenges in the early church I think this is really interesting most converts to Christianity were slaves um, these are all in your page uh, three if you haven't been following along and starting to fill in the blanks if you want. Um, so um, most converts to Christianity were slaves. Um, 1 Corinthians one twenty six through 28 is an interesting passage because it says, 
Um, It says the following. I'll I'll read it for us. He says, uh, For consider your calling, brethren. There were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame those things which are strong, the base things of the world, and the despised. God has chosen things that are not, that he might nullify the things that are. And so, uh, a lot of the early church were were, were uh, slaves, and that really set up some interesting um, situations. Many believing slaves assumed that because, since they were free in Christ, that they were somehow um, could be were really free, had freedom from their from their masters, especially if the masters were believers. And it's like, and and so th- there's just this um, uh, uh, c- c- uh, challenging construct that existed here. Um, And and because they were free in Christ, they also had right to freedom from their masters. Another challenging situation would be that if a a slave of a a, um, in a church setting um, became an overseer or an elder um, which then has authority over possibly even the master in, in, in the spiritual realm and yet the master has authority over them in the physical realm. And it set up a lot of challenging kind of how do we do this? What do we, how do we navigate this? Um, so you can really get a chance to see how that really would have been the case. Um, so when we think about uh, our mandate for submission, our mandate for submission as servants, the, the language of servants, the word servants, it is the basic word for household servants. It's a basic word for household servants. They, they served in a home or under an estate owner, um, and they were the primary workforce for the empire. Um, uh, their duties ranged from farming to physicians, to housework, to nannies, to teachers, to managing finances. So a multidimensional, multifaceted uh, construct from the standpoint of of, of just the culture and how the culture did what they did. And uh, many of these slaves were learned. Some of them were not. But yet they still were, um, had the position of being a slave. Um, <clears throat> the word be submissive here um, is a military command. It means to kind of line up underneath. To line up underneath. It's the same word that Dave talked about when we talked about um, the authorities and the civil authorities. It's the same word that we're going to see that that extends itself into the home and extends itself into believers with one another. another. Extends itself into all these dimensions of our lives. But but the interesting thing here is that it speaks of being an ongoing command. Be submissive is not like a point in time. It's, an, it's, a, it's, it's from now and it's ongoing in, 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 in the command that it, it doesn't ever stop. And the process, interestingly enough, to uh, fulfill this command is an act of my will. It's an act of my will. It is not how I feel. It is an act of my will because this is what God says for me to do. Very different than how I normally, even as we talked here earlier, feel personally. Um, he says to your masters. What is the word masters? The word masters has to do with this idea of despotai. Despotai. It's it's. We get the English word despots. So what's a despot? What's a despot? Tyrant. A tyrant. Yeah, a tyrant. Very good. A tyrant. A despot is a tyrant. So they have absolute ownership of and complete control over them with little or no recourse. Absolute ownership and complete control. 
If they wanted to, they could have them do whatever they so please. And if they didn't didn't uh, didn't do that, then they had then then the, the masters could do whatever they want their property. Um, with all respect, this is the key word that we talked about as to like it, it, it infused all of the conversations at every table as it pertains to this issue of characteristics that David had and the principles that we need to bring to bear in making these kind of decisions. Okay, and what it means is to mean it means to be without bitterness or negativity, to to be without bitterness or negativity, without business, bitterness or negativity. It is to be with an attitude of gracious honor. What does it mean to, with gracious honor? How would you describe that for somebody if you were trying to describe what this idea of respect means? Okay, so that's how you would view it, right? How do you view them, though? What's the what's the metaphor, the picture you would come to as far as with all respect? Perfect. Keep their name in good standings. Make sure that their name is not slandered. Make sure that as you interact with other people about that situation in person, that you hold them up in high honor, you lift them to a pedestal, and you do not take the things that are specifically negative and call them out and bring them down in with another person as opposed to them. Does that make sense, everybody? Hard, big, challenging thing for us to navigate. Hard. I get it. That's what it says, though. Okay? It's our way of showing respect to God Himself and how we are to fear God Himself. How, how we are to fear God Himself. <clears throat> Look at chapter um, 117. Somebody read that out loud real quick. Uh, 1 Peter 117. Anybody? Okay. This reverent fear is this exact same word. It's, it's, it's with all respect. So with all respect. Chapter 217. Somebody read that one. Looked at it last time. So three out of the four ver- uh, commands in this verse have to do with honor and fear. Okay? Chapter 3, verse 2. Somebody read that one. Okay? Behavior accompanied by fear. New American says respectful behavior. Respectful behavior. Uh, verse chapter three, verse fifteen. Somebody read that one. Okay, gentleness and the word we're looking for here is respect or being respectful. Being respectful. It's the same word. All respect, not some respect. All respect. And don't lose sight of that. Um, that word. Um, not only to those who are good and gentle, so this word good is, means a manager or a supervisor who is, quote, upright, beneficial, satisfactory to, for other people's needs, um, somebody who you would respect. Um, gentle here means to one who refers to, who is considerate and reasonable and fair. All of us would like to work for that kind of a person, wouldn't we? Absolutely. So, in this language, it's, it's the kind of master or employer or super, superior or supervisor who is easy to submit to. Easy to submit to. But then he goes on, he says, um, but also to those who are unreasonable. This word unreasonable comes from the Greek word skolios. skolios. Um, and, um, interestingly enough, um, we get what word do you think from this? Skoliosis. Scoliosis. 
And scoliosis, if you think about, I guess I'll ask Linda this, uh, is a medical professional, right? What, what would scoliosis be? Okay. What, what would be out of alignment? The spinal cord would be out of alignment. So it's not straight, it's crooked, right? Bent, crooked, okay? So the, it refers to the, one who, to, to the one who is, quote, curved, crooked, perverse, dishonest, curved, crooked, perverse, or dishonest. This is the kind of a master who is not easy to submit to. Not easy to submit to. Kind of a master not easy to submit to. Okay, so our mandate. Describe it for me. Put it in your own little words. Tell me what the passage says in verse 18. Somebody take a crack at it. Let me, let me give it to you here and you can read it. You can look at it and you can describe it in your own language. Ver, the, blue, the blue verse 18. Take a crack at it from what we just learned here. And in, in, in maybe even apply it in your own thought, you know, your own life in, in the way in which you describe it. Somebody? Okay? Okay? Yes. Huge, huge ad- additive. <laughs> um, because in and of ourselves, we would not do that. Um, so the only thing that would get us through doing that is the, is, the, is the latter part of what you just said, which is for the glory of God and for the, the testimony of His name. Yes. Um, absolutely. So, what, what might be some of the, quote, implications or principles that came out of your conversation earlier that would give us a, a perspective of how to navigate these kind of challenging situations? What are some of those, do you think? Don't argue. Don't steal. Pilfer. Be at peace. At least in your own mind, right? Personally, you've, you've done business with this situation, and you've decided ahead of time before you get into the situation, because more are coming, right? Um, that you're going to treat it in a way that's going to honor God and you're going to let it go. Why? Because God is the one who, who, who makes things right. I don't make things right, right? According to Romans, right? What else? Bear up underneath. Endure. Persevere. Understand that this situation has been literally cast as my good by the sovereign God of the universe, the most high God. He's the one that's actually put me in this place. Oh, by the way, I keep forgetting, right? But it is. Yeah. What else? Amen. God's in control. He will carry out His justice in the way He wants to do it, at the time He wants to do it. And, and I, my, my, my purpose in life is to submit to His will for me and, and navigate it in a way that honors Him. Period. End of story. Whatever the outcomes come, they are what they are. And I have to be concluded in my heart that I'm going to go there first. Yeah. It's we can't control others for ourselves. Let go and let God. Yes. Let go and let God. Uh, I, I have, I've, I, I've, I'm on the backdrop a few years ago of, of working for somebody who was in this situation. It, they, they, I didn't respect them whatsoever. And... It's one of the very first situations in my entire life that I've not had an, an amazing, amazing person that I work for, even if they're non-believer. Um, and I've learned so much from them. But this happened to be a curveball come at me from left field, and I hated it. I hated it. And I was like really challenged in how to navigate this. 
And I can testify to you right now that this passage changed my entire outlook on how I did what I did from then on. And I chose, after some real challenges and real hard situations, to honor him and to build him up in light of other people because I wasn't doing that at the time. I was tearing him down with other people. And I had to build him up and keep my mouth shut and to honor him and to do the very best work I could do. And it wasn't but for... And I'm not saying this is going to happen every time, okay? Because I was prepared for it not to. But it wasn't but for two months later, God took me out from underneath that person and, and, and caused me to be able to report to a completely different person who I did respect a lot. I mean, you didn't have to do that. That's the blessings of God. I, it didn't have to happen. was prepared for it not to. But this passage gave me the, the insight, the wisdom, and the ability to be able to navigate that well. <laughs> yes. So there are yeah. Yeah. Boss. Yeah. Supervisor. Yeah. Um, and itself is is after you're the Absolutely. And there was a marked change when that has happened for me personally. Just just in the way in which I interacted with those people. I, I just didn't want to go there anymore. And and the crazy thing is is that um, that uh, unreasonable, harsh, crooked, dishonest, re- all those things. Um, I, I had the way one of one of the key decisions I made. Besides the one I just talked about, and that situation was, I came back to this this verse, you know, um, scoliosis. And I asked myself the question, like, Mark, what would you expect for a person who doesn't know God and is not part of a child of God? What in the world would you be thinking? You should be thankful that it's not worse. <laughs> and that changed my entire picture. And then I asked the, the final question for me to, to figure out how to navigate it was, like, What's, where's God in all this? Like, where is God on all this? Maybe he wants my way in interacting with this person to be a key contributor to maybe how this person comes to Christ. And that was like re- re- revealing, you know, in how I was doing something completely wrong, had to ask for forgiveness and like, like do it differently. And that was just a key thing. And build on it. And Christian yeah, right. I have to... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great point. And we didn't get into those final questions there, but um, I'd like to try to hit them on, maybe on the front end of our next time together. But mandate, command. Another question, too. Yeah. Might be in the future. What if you're in a situation where you have a difficult boss, but yet same sorts of behaviors? And that's a great you, question. You know, Let me write that one down because I think what, we should what, ask, talk about that one. Yes. And talking with him about yeah. that. I mean, think about it for a slave in the church who has an overseer or even a mutual brother in Christ's responsibility. Same exact situation, right? I mean, what is my role? It's a different role than I would be at, maybe at work, even though sometimes you even get the opportunity to have those conversations, which are really valuable to have if, if they do respect you, you know, to have that. So, cool things. Well, Dave, would you close us in prayer? Well, again, we... As always, Lord, we realize that it is a message that He just Christ and knowing, that mindful of the for you and whatever the circumstance may be, to again question or respond, right? Even for this week and day, and Lord, and what you've done in uh, the elections, we praise you, we rejoice, and that you're sovereign through all. Father, keep us uh, sharp, discerning, and then, and mm. thanks for this time, guidance for your spirit. Mm. Amen. Go with confidence with the Lord.